You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in NFL fans to another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here with you on this Tuesday episode are your hosts, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings and myself, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season and Luke, I'm sure you're very excited to watch your Vikings this season. Is there a game today? There was a game today. We'll talk more about it here in just a moment. <laughs> Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. On today's episode of Locked on NFL, the Minnesota Vikings get a 19-13 to win on Monday Night Football at the Chicago Bears. Both of these NFC North teams are headed in opposite directions, but one might be moving forward with an unknown at quarterback. Meanwhile, the New Orleans Saints have their own quarterback situation to figure out. Quarterback Drew Brees is set to miss some time with injury. We'll talk about the injury, Brees' timetable, and the Saints' plan at signal caller without him. And then finally, we'll wrap up with our Tuesday Fantasy Forum, joined by former NFL scout Matt Williamson to look at how the Saints' quarterback situation, Pittsburgh's offensive production, and waiver gyms can affect your stretch run to the fantasy football playoffs. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Dola on Twitter, joined as always on Tuesdays by Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. And this This is Locked On NFL. So Luke, the Minnesota Vikings head to Chicago and get a win 19 to 13 on uh, the road here on Monday Night Football. Tell me a little bit about how you're feeling around the Minnesota Vikings and the win here, because these two teams now headed on opposite trajectories moving forward. We talked about one of these teams earlier on in the season, much the way that we might be talking about the other one now. Well, yeah, because the, the Vikings have won three in, a, three in a row now, all division games. The Bears now have lost four in a row. And I think this kind of was like uh, the meeting in the middle between these two teams. I mean, the Bears are now in such a bleak spot with Nick Foles getting carted off the field and and the Vikings with with like good divisional tiebreakers and all that. And they've they've got some juice and they feel like they're in this again and a relatively easy stretch coming up with uh, the the Cowboys, Panthers and Jaguars all home games. Mm -hmm. Suddenly you you start to feel like this could be kind of a turning point, uh, kind of a, a moment to turn the corner for the Vikings and in a bad way, a turn the corner uh, for the bears. And I, I feel like every team kind of has their house of horrors that, that, that stadium you go to in the division every year where you just, for whatever reason, you don't play as well as you usually should like for Belichick, like in Miami, for whatever right. reason, that game is never is like normal. Uh, this is the Vikings house of horrors soldier field. They never play that. So getting an ugly sloppy win here, ask any Vikings fan. They knew that this would be a, an ugly sloppy game. Ask any bears fan too but getting the win in one of those ugly sloppy games has been kind of difficult to come by. So, I mean, I'm real excited as, as a Vikings fan, but it's also kind of an interesting meeting of, of teams. But I think for a neutral fan, this game's hideous. Oh yeah. This was a rough one to watch just as somebody that was just <laughs> watching sorry. it from my perspective. They went in the halftime upset. You know, the, the game was uh, six to seven with Minnesota in the lead. Chicago comes back. They get the big uh, kick return for a touchdown from Cordero Patterson, who now is tied for the NFL lead all time for most kick return touchdowns in a career with eight. And then after that, I'm just going to read you the drive chart for the, uh, for, for the Chicago bears here. Uh, punt, 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 
turnover on downs, turnover on downs. Four consecutive three and outs in the second half for Nick Foles and the Bears and a really, really abysmal performance for a Bears offense that was, I mean, this is Matt Nagy. He's supposed to have the innovative college scheme. He's got Cordero Patterson, which is supposed to be the perfect fit, the gadget player that Matt Nagy is supposed to be able to use and everything. And part of it is that Nick Foles was the worst version of himself in this game, overthrowing passes through a hideous interception in the first uh, drive of the game. But part of it is it just doesn't seem like uh, Nagy is able to run NFL offense here. It's just not translating from college. Like for example, he didn't have many blitz outlets uh, or, or like backup right. plans against a blitz on third down. And the Vikings are famous for Mike Zimmer famous for blitzing on third down. Every team that, that plays against the Vikings knows that they're bringing the heat on third down and the bears didn't have an outlet. They didn't have uh, a tight end leaking out. They didn't have a hot route. They didn't have a check in protection or anything like that. Nothing right. for Nick Foles to do. And maybe that's because Nick Foles just like can't handle that extra complexity. Or maybe that's because Matt Nagy made a really, really bad coaching error. If it is the latter, then I th- like that's bordering on a fireable offense, which is a conversation I think Chicago has to start having. I think so. I think they absolutely have to have that conversation here soon because it doesn't matter who it doesn't seem to matter who's under center. You just tend to consistently malfunction. Now, Nick Foles did have a shot deep on a fourth down in the fourth quarter, but he ended up overthrowing that as we've seen him often do throughout this season. But I mean, you look at these two teams now, we mentioned them going on opposite trajectories. Just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the Minnesota Vikings potentially being in the run for Trevor Lawrence. Everybody was getting their jersey swaps and their photoshops <laughs> yeah. on when it comes oh, to yeah. that. And now they've won those three divisional games in a row. Meanwhile, Chicago starts off five and one. They've now lost four straight and they're down to 500 at five and five. What do we make of these two teams right now? And particularly with Chicago now losing, potentially losing Nick Foles, we'll see what the injury ends up being, but he gets carted off the field. You have to imagine that's pretty serious. Yeah. And as we're recording this, we don't actually have any information. You as the listener probably do uh, listening to this on, on Tuesday morning, but yeah, I, I, for one, I want to just shout out the, what Mike Zimmer has done with uh, a defense made out of backups. I mean, he doesn't mm-hmm. have Anthony Barr, who's a huge piece for him. He doesn't have Daniel Hunter. He doesn't have any of the corners that he wanted. I mean, he's, he is literally starting somebody. Chris Jones started today. Not that Chris Jones, a different Chris Jones <laughs> who was not on a team for like the first half of the season uh, right. as a starting cornerback and is able to actually get like a solid defensive performance. And listen, the bears have a lot of problems on offense and they probably should have been able to perf- uh, perform more, produce more against this Vikings front. But Mike Zimmer deserves a ton of credit for making a lot more out of the sum of his parts on defense. And I think the the con- kind of converse effect is you have to look at the Bears and go, they couldn't even move the ball against these broken backup Vikings, the second team Vikings. Yeah. They couldn't move the ball against the second team Vikings with Nick Foles. They now, now they got to wait for like Trubisky to come back. Is that going to spark a lot of hope? If you're a Chicago Bears fan, I, I think it would be really easy to kind of go into a doom spiral right now. Yeah. They're sitting at a, a really, really bad looking five and five. And it's really hard to see how they dig their way out of this and get back into kind of the conversation of contending for the NFC and making something out of the season. Yeah, absolutely. We've we found ourselves many times leading up to this point in the season talking about the Bears as oh well they are very good five and one five and two five and three or they are bad five now they're simply at five and five and everything just sort of feels like where you would expect it to be so far here through 10 weeks of the season for Chicago. But unfortunately they're going to have a lot to figure out in terms of their quarterback situation moving forward here. Um, Minnesota did have some great performances though. Justin Jefferson had 135 receiving yards in this one. And then you also had Adam Thielen uh, catch a pair of touchdowns in this one as well. 
Yeah, the, the graphic, I think, highlighted that. I think it's his fifth 100-yard game this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like it may very well be the Vikings. And, you know, look, you look at the quarterbacks here. Kirk Cousins gets an elusive primetime win. We tend to write him off. First one on time. Monday night. There you go. But he gets that win. One and, and nine. Now we'll see what happens with Chicago dealing with uh, what's going on and, and whatever turns out to be with Nick Foles. They move forward with Tyler Bray. Do they go elsewhere? Do they wait for Mitch Trubisky to come back? We'll see what they end up doing at the quarterback position here. Yeah, it's it's a tight spot, I think, for the Chicago Bears, and I, I get it. We've all been in tight spots. Maybe you uh, your your car's broken down or something, or maybe it's COVID. You don't want to get out, but you got to eat, right? And for those tight spots, there is DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. And they have over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. And you can support your local go-tos, support your local restaurants, your favorites that probably need your support to stay in business during this this time. Uh, Or you can choose from your favorite national restaurants. Get some Chipotle, get some Wendy's, even like Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local joint, and your food will be left at your door, contactless and safe. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. Don't forget that's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch The Vikings have a quarterback winning Monday night football games for the first time. The Chicago Bears, they'll need to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. And the New Orleans Saints could be fielding a new quarterback as early as next week up against the Atlanta Falcons. There's a lot going on around the NFL and a lot of reasons to tune in every single weekend. Pepsi is a refreshment that you need to power through any of those game days because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Now, we've talked about this quarterback situation for both of these teams, Minnesota, uh, is particularly what's going on with Chicago, potentially losing Nick Foles here for some amount of time. We got the news around Drew Brees, who ended up not playing in the second half of the Saints win against the San Francisco 49ers. Drew Brees ended up essentially telling coach Peyton that he was not going to play in that game for the second half and that he couldn't do it. Said it wasn't a pain thing, just simply that his body couldn't do it. And when you're 40 some odd years old, not a great thing to say to your head coach. That's bleak. (laughs) Yeah. It's very, very concerning. So he gets his MRI on Monday. The information came back, started off with Edward and then it continued to kind of spiral to all of the other uh, sources that came about in Rappaport, Adam Schefter, some local people in new Orleans as well. Uh, Five fractured ribs, at least, five fractured ribs and that's getting hit by a car right and a collapsed lung uh as well and here's the other part of this too luke only some of those fractured ribs happened during the san francisco game others were already pre-existing so he was already playing with either two or three of those fractured ribs and then he fractured more in the game against san francisco so football players are insane yeah 
just goes to show you what it takes to get out on that field, whether it's a natural lack of athleticism, you know, whether it's any of those, like, like or, you so can get me like, out of bed. If I had one broken rib, I wouldn't move. If I had a bruised rib, if my rib, if my rib hurt a little bit, I'm not moving Yeah, for the day. Like if I have a cramp, uh, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm done. So, okay. So, so there. where do the saints go from here now? Is it the Jameis show? Is it the Taysom Hill thing? What, like what's going on now? Yeah. You know, so you're the saints guy. <laughs> right. I know we both get to talk about our teams this day. Um, I know. Yeah. The, that's the big question now is which way do, do the saints go here? So first of all, we should mention that Drew Brees, the optimistic term uh, timetable, uh, according to Dan Graziano here is two to three weeks before his return, the saints will not be putting him on injured reserve, at least at this time. So they could see him back as early as the third week from right now. And the saints will play against the Falcons. Then they'll travel to take on uh, Denver. Then they'll travel to take on the Falcons as that third game. So if you got the Falcons two times in three weeks there, so he could be back as early as that third week. I expect it to be four or five games collapsed lungs. It sounds really, really terrible. And it sounds like, you know, career ending, but it's usually a one to two week thing. And then it's the ribs after that in terms of cartilage injuries and things like that. So states will have to figure out how long they're going to be without Drew Brees, but the next step is going to be, where do they go without him? And I think personally that they go to Jameis Winston. Um, They, they have the last two games for different situations and I think that Jameis Winston gives you the best access to maintain the offense as you already have it under Drew Brees. Taysom Hill kind of changes the entire sort yeah. of, you know, rhythm of the offense all told, which isn't a bad thing. It's just hard to install that in a week. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. For me, what I guess what I've seen of the Saints, the, the Taysom Hill to me doesn't seem like a down to down quarterback. I think he's at his best as a gadget player that sometimes throws passes as part of those trick plays and can mm-hmm. do so. But I would view Taysom Hill as a skill player. And it seems like the Saints agree with me there. Um, and you can go with Jameis Winston, who now it seems like his mechanics have improved being just learning under Drew Brees for this time. He's got LASIK, so maybe right. he can see this could there's a, a decent argument to be made that this could be like a better version of Jameis Winston, who started for four years. I mean, this is not like some perennial backup. This is not Chase Daniel coming in and having to limp you through games. I mean, this is a guy right. he's high variance and we all know that. And he throws a lot of touchdowns, throws a lot of interceptions and stuff, but an improved uh, maybe more responsible version of Jameis Winston could be a formidable thing. And now it's an audition to be the successor to Drew Brees. You know, if this is the end for Drew Brees saying, I can't do it anymore. I mean, that's like that. That's, that's the big, thing man. you that hear like weird. right at the end. Right. <laughs> uh then this is now Jameis Winston's chance. This is his audition, you know, and and wherever the Saints season goes from here, if Jameis Winston plays well and suddenly, you know, the Saints are going, oh, cool, we got our quarterback and you don't have to worry about it. I mean, that is a huge, huge moment for the franchise. I mean, there's two very clear outcomes here with Jameis Winston, either in and in either way, it changes the tendencies of this team, right? All of a sudden, you're either opening up it to a team that set the record last year for fewest turnovers with only eight on the season combined, whether it be interceptions, fumbles, all told. Now, all of a sudden, you might enter a realm to where you are giving the ball away a little bit more than you're accustomed to as a Saints, or you're finding success downfield. It, it can kind of mm-hmm. go one way or another. And either way, it changes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Either way, it changes both the tendencies for the New Orleans Saints, the way that they operate, but then also how opponents have to get ready to take them on because you can't defend just within 12, 20 yards of the line of scrimmage anymore. Yeah. Well, and it's hard to scout too. I mean, this is the Falcons are the next Saints opponent, right? Right. That's really hard for the Falcons now, who, yeah. by the way, are going with an interim <laughs> head coach because a whole bunch of the scouting 
that you can do for the Saints is irrelevant now. A whole bunch right. of the like game plan stuff, you have no idea. So it makes it a lot harder now to plan for the Saints, and that can actually kind of help with backup quarterbacks. It's a, it usually doesn't make up for the difference between your starter and your backup. But when you have somebody like Jameis Winston, and if you want to get into the analytics of it, you'll always take high variance, you know, touchdowns and interceptions because touchdowns generally do more good than interceptions do harm. Right. Um, just from an analytic, you know, touchdown is points An interception may have become points or might become points. And therefore from an analytics perspective, Jameis Winston might be a, a better quarterback in that, you know, you would just will kind of ride that roller coaster and be okay with it. Um, and not to mention that makes it really, really hard to scout things. And I have no, no, uh, maybe, maybe Sean Payton, dusts off his 2006 playbook right Marcus Colston and (laughs) yeah yeah I think I think that's a good point too is like you know it's not like this offense didn't used to throw the ball down the field and it didn't used to have a Drew Brees that threw 20 plus interceptions in a season got a line in an attic somewhere right yeah like that was very much a part of what their game plan was less than five years ago in fact and so this isn't too far removed that the Saints offense will be able to morph shape and form around and you know as an offense that can support a guy like Jameis Winston and his skill set. The interesting thing will be to see how Taysom Hill continues to get involved. Do they keep using him in the Swiss Army knife role or do they do like they did with Teddy and keep him off the field in case they need the backups backup for any reason? So it'll be interesting to see exactly what the blend of those two quarterbacks will look like, even not just at the quarterback position, but with the many different places that Taysom Hill may be able to serve. For sure. And this could be, you know, the Saints kind of breaking through the wall of finding the successor to Drew Brees, which has been a thing that they've been struggling with. You know, the Vikings broke through a big wall. My team broke through a big wall. And if you have a wall that you are trying to break through, be it a mental or a physical one, let Built Go be the solution from our pals at Built Bar. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It makes you the best at whatever you do. It comes in these easy to take, convenient one and a half ounce, like little squeeze packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, your workout bag, or whatever, and it'll help you get through the day. It's like a five hour energy, but it comes without the crash that you usually get from like a five hour energy or if you drink a bunch of coffee or something, because the energy comes from natural sources. For one, it comes with a whole bunch of collagen protein. It's a fast absorbing protein that gets into your system fast. It's easy on the stomach and it promotes joints, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. And the energy comes from stuff like beta alanine, B3, honey, a little kick of caffeine, and 10,000% of your B6 and B12 intake for the day. Nice natural energy that your body knows how to process and not get jittery or crash afterwards. So if you want to try it out for yourself, you can go to builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED. That'll get you 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. All right, y'all. It is Locked on NFL. Welcome back in to this Tuesday episode. Myself, Ross Jackson, my good friend, good buddy, good co-host, Luke Braun as well. We're here with you for every one of these Tuesdays. Remember, Locked on NFL is here for you every single Monday through Friday. And every Tuesday, we always have our fantasy form. And this week, we're joined by a very special guest, our good friend, Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL on Twitter, former NFL scout, also one of the co-hosts of Locked on Dynasty Football as well well as the co-host of the Peacock and Williamson National Show with us. Matt, thanks so much for taking the time to join us, man. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, you guys have taken very good care of my baby. I started Locked On NFL way back when. I was one of the ori- I was the original host, so That's you guys right. have taken it and ran with it very well. It's worked out very well for all. Good work. 
Appreciate it, man. That's one of the reasons why we're so excited to have you because we get to look at the shoes we're trying to fill. So it's a lot. Of, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, look, one of the big storylines for this week, of course, has to do with my very own New Orleans Saints, not mine. I don't own them. I'm going to be thankful for that, especially right now, because there's a lot going on over in that, in that organization. Drew Brees, five fractured ribs, a collapsed lung, and nobody knows exactly which quarterback they're going to go with. I feel like it's likely to be Jameis Winston, but how should fantasy owners who maybe own some of these players, uh, you know, look at the rest of the Saints weapons around and Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and others uh, along the offense there? Yeah, it's really interesting. And frankly, I want no ill will. I mean, I'm not you know, happy that Drew Brees got injured or anything along those lines, but I'm really excited for Winston. I mean, fantasy aside, I kind of feel like he's gotten a little bit of a bum rap because Mm -hmm. I know he's turned the ball over a ton, but his degree of difficulties with throws and the depth of target over his career is always amongst the most in the league. He doesn't make easy saints like Brees throws. So is he going to adapt I know that's why he went there originally. Is he going to learn how to reel it in, play small ball? I have my doubts, but I also think he'll be a lot more refined and protect the football more than he did in his Arians Tampa days. Mm -hmm. I bet this hurts Kamara just a little bit because Breeze was so good pre-snap and getting Mm -hmm. Kamara in the right play Mm -hmm. and flexing him out wide when the look provided it. And I'm sure Winston won't be – as good as the all-time great in that regard. Right. And I'm sure Hill, Taysom Hill's role, who's one of the most annoying fantasy commodities out there, <laughs> is going to play a few more snaps than he did when Drew was there. Right. But Winston turns it loose. I mean, he is fantasy goodness all the time, especially if your league doesn't count interceptions. So I think he's definitely somebody you pick up, especially in you know super flex, two quarterback leagues. And you just look at his career for fantasy. He's always, you know, a QB one type of guy. And, you know, big picture, maybe he's Denver's quarterback next year or mm-hmm. Bree's successor. I think it's a great opportunity for him. I can't wait, wait to watch it. Looking forward to it. I need Kamara to not take too much of a hit, though, because Luke and I have a very silent competition going on about which <laughs> one of these guys is going to end up in the MVP conversation between Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook. But I'll take it. I think I'm going to go ahead and run up and pick up Jameis Winston as quickly as I can, especially in some of my dynasty leagues. No, absolutely. And any kind of you know two quarterback super flex, he's gold. Yeah. OK, so the Saints tied for the top in the NFC, but on the top of the AFC uh, are, of course, The Steelers and the Steelers have been really, really tough for me to figure out, especially from a fantasy perspective. Now, the run game is dried up. What do you do with their receiving core? Seems really like difficult to figure out. Can you give me, can you uh, be my Sherpa through up through that? Can you help me figure out the Steelers? Yeah. And it's amazing. They've really stopped running the ball. And in the last couple of weeks, they've been coming from behind, haven't even had a running back on the field, a high percentage of snaps in the second, in the second half. This past week against the Bengals, the Bengals played run very heavily and no, knowing that their run defense was really bad and Ben just threw it over and over and over. And Ben's in control of the offense, but he comes, he's going to audible the line of scrimmage to whatever's available. And he's not the physical presence he once was. I mean, the, the analogy I love to use here on my Steeler show is he was once Carl Malone. Now he's John Stockton. I mean, he has just become <laughs> a distributor. He finds good matchups. 
much like Breeze that we talked about before, mm-hmm. one-on-one matchups, he's going to exploit it to no end. You know, he found the, the Bengals slot receiver, Brown, and that guy might as well had a bullseye on his forehead, just picked on him over and over. So it's become very much a take-what-they-give-you offense with a distributor a quarterback. And that can be frustrating because there's a lot of mouths to feed there. And the running game is really the biggest Achilles heel of the team. What I can tell you, though, being as dialed in with the Steelers as I am, mm-hmm. I still firmly believe that Deontay Johnson is their number one. He, mm-hmm. he had some injury concerns. He's missed some time. So it didn't always show up. But I think he's – this is a bad analogy or a bad comparison because the guy's a superstar – He's the closest to the Antonio Brown role of any of them, where I think he's going to get his every week when everybody's healthy, where the other guys are, hey, if they have good matchups, they're going to get the ball. I like that. I'm a big fan of uh, of Deontay Johnson. I like a good Toledo yeah. player. Anytime. Sure. I'll take a good Toledo player anytime. <laughs> Matt, so, who's, the, uh, who's the waiver guy this week? Who should we be targeting? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that come to mind. I'm very much a believer in this in this fantasy landscape this year that it is more week to week than ever. And it's people forget this is a week to week game. It's not a season long sure. game fantasy football. So Salvin Ahmed from Miami. I mean, hmm. he's going to get all the touches as a running back, even if it's only for one more week or two more weeks till Gaskins come back. There's value in that. Caitlin Bellage with the Chargers. I thought he was a terrible player, but it doesn't matter. He's big. He's fast. He's going to get carries in a good offense. That's good enough. I mean, but what, don't think big picture with these, these, these running backs. It's so thin right now. Get anybody that's going to get you through that week. Just survive. Just keep your, your head above water. I like that. I think that's really good because you sometimes you try to really pick the home run hitter and the waiver wire that's going to yeah. carry you for a couple of weeks as opposed to just looking for getting what you need for just that get specific by. week. Yeah, just get by for now. That makes sense. Hey, Matt, thank you so much for coming and hanging out. Sure, it was fun. Let's do it again. All right, everybody. So tomorrow on the show, Tony and James are going to come in. They're going to talk about the draft as they do every single Wednesday. And then on uh, on Thursday, we'll have the preview for the Thursday night football Cardinals-Seahawks matchup, one of my favorite matchups of the year. I love this game's in primetime every year, and I love it every single year. Chris and Ryan are going to break down everything you need to know for that one. And then, of course, recap it on Friday with Bo and Q. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. But don't forget to check out Locked On NFL and Locked On, your favorite team, because the Locked On podcast has your team every single day. See you guys next time.